Thanks for checking out this weekly Sunday message from Carrollton UMC. We pray that God will use this to speak to you and help you grow in faith. We invite you to join us this Sunday at our 10.30 a.m. one-hour service, in person at our location in Uptown New Orleans, or live online on our YouTube channel or Facebook page. To learn more about Carrollton, please visit carrolltonumc.com. We hope you enjoy this message. So we want to read our scripture passage for today. Uh, open Dan's Bible to it, but uh, if we can get it projected. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul? I've rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and set out. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears of it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me the one whom I name to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him, trembling, and asked, Do you come peaceably? He said, Peaceably. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sacrificed. He sanctified Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord has anointed is before me now. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance, on his height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on their outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all of your sons here? And he said, there remains yet the youngest, but he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for he will not sit down until he comes. He sent and brought him. Now, he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, rise and anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his others. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. Samuel then set out and went to Ramah. These are the words of God for the people of God. If there's a favorite of mine of the characters in the Old Testament, it is Samuel. Why so? Women among the ancient Hebrews felt that if they didn't have a male child, they were not God's partners in salvation in accordance with the promises of the Abraham covenant. Hannah was barren, and she prayed mightily to God, saying, if you give me this son, I will make of him a Nazarite. In effect, I will give him to God's service exclusively. 
And sure enough, when that child was born and she got it potty trained and on table food, she brought him to the sanctuary and performed with her husband the ceremony, walking and saying, we present to you a son of the house of Israel, a child whose name is, and they handed his hand to Eli and pronounced his name as Samuel and turned and walked away. And so this child now was going to forever be in the service of God. And right from the beginning, when he had zero bad habits and influences, God started talking to him. God made him a member of the Kohen, the priests who are going to be the ritual leaders of the people. Extraordinary. But then God made him a prophet, a member of the Navim. Those who don't tell the future, but rather who warn the people that they've strayed from the covenant and the Torah, and that if they do not return, then all of the curses in the agreement will befall them. So it's not saying this terrible stuff is going to happen to you. It's saying, prevent this awful future by doing what you promised God you were going to do. But he was also a member of the Ro'eh. He was a seer, a person who could look into other points in time. People, even in the ancient period, confused the Ro'eh with the Navim, but so be it. But then he was also a judge. One of the words that, unfortunately, doesn't mean the same thing in our language as it did then. This was a person who was considered to be sufficiently righteous that God would give him a battle plan so that farmers and sheep herders and shopkeepers could go out and meet the mighty professional armies of the Near East and beat them back and keep God's people and his God's land of the promise from being devastated. And in fact, the guy held every available major leadership position that existed at the time. We always talk about praying. Don't, don't, don't pray before you think. You see, God answers prayer. We have a God that listens to you, and then he weighs what you're saying. You're just like Hannah prayed for that boy and got him. When we pray for stuff, God answers us. Not maybe the answer you wanted, but God's going to answer your prayer. Don't mess around, ask for stuff you don't want, that you don't know what you're asking for, because God will give you that stuff in a way that you may not be very happy with. Saul means asked for. He became king because the people started asking for a king. They wanted the kingdom to come. Now, if you be studying with somebody like my friend, he's going to tell you that there are two versions of this stuff. See, south pro-kingship, north anti-kingship, and those stories get woven together. 
And so it looked like people are talking out of both sides of their mouth. But they kept being told, God is your king. God's preparing a way for everything to be taken care of. But they wanted the kingdom to come. You see, that's what got Jesus killed. Jesus kept saying the kingdom is at hand. But they wanted their kingdom to come, not God's kingdom to come. See, we do that kind of stuff. We get confused. They got what they asked for. They got a guy who's ambitious, a guy who wanted to do things his way, a guy that was messing up royally. And God finally got tired of it and said, okay, enough of this foolishness. I reject this guy. Go anoint for me someone who is going to do what I say to do the way I say to do it. When you took a child into a public place, especially a sanctified place, and you poured oil on their head, and then you lowered your hand on their heads three times and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The third time meant that you had owned that child before God and the people. You had adopted the child. The anointed who is anointed by the high priest is being adopted by God. And Samuel was like, are you crazy? I'm going to get murdered. I've been doing all the good stuff, Lord. I've never turned to the right or the left, and you're going to send me over here, this guy who you're already saying is a corrupt person is going to see this and kill me. God said, look, he's not all that doggone smart. You go over there with a sacrifice and just say, well, we just came to do a sacrifice, and that just happened to work the way in. So he goes over there, and he anoints him. And so now, David, a ruddy-faced boy, is in effect the one that God is now grooming to be king, and he is infusing in him divine elements to carry out these functions. What are we looking at here? We're seeing again that the kingdom comes. The Jews at that point made the same mistake as the Jews who were persecuting Jesus. We want the kingdom to come. Well, let's kill all the Philistines and let's kill all the Amalekites. In fact, let's kill all these people who are foreigners in our land and let's purify it so that God will come here and sit on the throne. Jesus, they were like, let's kill all the Greeks. Let's kill all the Romans. Let's purify the land so God will come here and sit on the throne. And God's saying, these people are out of their mind. How can the kingdom come? Well, first of all, the kingdom has to have somewhere to come to. If you're so messed up that you can't let God in your life, how can the kingdom come? You have to 
put yourself in a state of receptivity in a state of sufficient wholesomeness so that God can come into your life and work the miracles that he had in store from you from the beginning. But we're blocking him because we got all this stuff going on of give me this and give me that. And you know what? I'm going to say something to you. Stop trying to go to heaven. Cut it out. Stop it. Stop trying to go to heaven. Everybody. You need to do what God said. You know, love justice. Practice mercy. Show love. Put God first. That's what you need to do. You don't have to be sitting around worrying, well, God is sitting on the ivory throne up in heaven with the big book open, and he's got his golden feather on his pen, watching you to make a stupid mistake, and he's jotting these little things down to fix you later on. <laughs> Are you serious? You know, I, I, I always keep bringing this up at people like, well, he's a kind of science nut anyway. But, but have you seen the pictures of the stuff that the James Webb is doing? Do you realize you are not a grain of sand in the vastness of the universe? God has created so beautifully, so magnificently, so incredibly huge. God is not interested in the little dinky stuff you're doing wrong. He wants you to get it right. And you can get it right if you just simply say, I'm going to stop all this foolishness. I don't like you because you're a woman and you don't shut up. You talk too much. You want to be in charge. So go away. You can't go around and say, that guy's moving my neighborhood. You don't look like me. Kind of suspicious of that guy, so I don't have nothing to do with him. Oh, those students who went to school and borrowed that money. We don't need to be helping them. Yeah, and the same people who whining about that are now the ones who, in a bank failure, saying, well, you need to let us go with the money we messed up. You know, it's amazing how people define goodness, how people define love, how people define the way. If Jesus came back here, Jesus wouldn't have no three-year ministry. They'd run Jesus out of town the first week. Jesus wouldn't recognize these great Christians who are such great evangelists, who hate, who part and divide who manipulate, who scorn, who break people, who climb up on people's backs and heads, scorning them every moment. It's not thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. 
It's like, my kingdom come. Sometimes God lets you have that for a while. You know, I always tell my students, you want a real test? I can give you a test. All I got to do is put you in charge for one day, and I'll see your character. Give people power over other people, or better yet, give them power over other people's stuff. You'll see who they are in one day. Because they're going to abuse it. They're going to manipulate it. They're not going to do it for greater good. They're going to look at people and nitpick them. They're going to find some kind of way to be better than them. They're getting themselves in so much trouble when all they have to do is say, I'm going to be nice to people. I'm going to treat people fairly. I'm going to open doors for people who have not yet realized their potential and possibilities. I'm going to show God I can love. I'm going to show God that I can be just. I'm going to show God that I can have mercy. And then go about your life and do that stuff. And you ain't got to worry about whether God got a Mont Blanc writing in the book or if he's got a pen writing on a scroll. God loves you. God wants you to succeed. God wants you to be filled with integrity and vitality and vision. He's giving you gifts that nobody else has in that combination that you do. You're here for a purpose. And the purpose isn't to stack dollars. The purpose isn't to tack titles on your name. The total purpose is for you to be the best good person you can be. And then the kingdom of God will have come. And so I'm praying that God will bless you to open your eyes and see what and who you really are and what you were meant to be. And that you will open up and let the kingdom come and let God's will be done. And let all of God's people say, Amen. Amen.